Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Geek Podcast, episode number 155, with Tim Ummel, CEO and founder of Give Virtual Care, a great organization that is making healthcare and mental health care uh, more accessible to uh, all sorts of people. Uh, and for our sake, uh, for this conversation, focusing in on college students who are uh, in dire need of greater access and support uh, for all the things that they go through while they are studying both on campus and off I really appreciate Tim's passion for this topic, and uh, I've been so excited to uh, get into this conversation uh, for a while with someone who is working in this space. So uh, definitely go check out what they are doing and appreciate Tim so much for giving time for this conversation. So uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Episode number 155 with Tim Ummel. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Today on the podcast, we are exploring something that I've been very excited to get to. Uh, I've been trying to find someone good to talk to about it is student health support in kind of the digital age, especially now as everything is becoming a lot more hybrid when it comes to student support and engagement. Um, I really wanted to focus on how that is all sort of manifesting in uh, student health, student wellness, uh, both physically and mentally. So I'm super excited to get into this today. So without further ado, we will start out as we always do. Uh, Tim, if you want to introduce yourself and briefly go over your professional background and how you got to be where you are today. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, happy to. My name is Tim Ummel. I am the founder and CEO of Give Virtual Care, and we are on a mission to provide to students part-time hourly and 1099 employees across the country access to actual health care that can disrupt uh, the efforts for them and their families and how they actually can get access to doctors, prescription care, anxiety, depression, suicidal tendency, counselor care, um, all through one app uh, that's live in the app on the Android store. I got here um, after being in the technology, sports, and golf industry for the past 26 years. And when I got sent home, like the rest of us, March of 2020, and got thinking about in my past, in my background in the world of golf, how would all these employees that work at golf courses across the country, how are they gonna see a doctor if they all got sent home? So that was just kind of the pondering question. And that first three months of quarantine, I just kept just feeling a challenge and a tug on my own uh, personal life. I have a daughter who's a junior in college, a son who's a senior in high school. And as the weeks and months started to add up of quarantine, and them not being around their friends, them not being on a college campus, them not being interacting. It just, I could see the difference it was making in my own kids. So uh, it sounds a little sappy, but felt there's a mission on my own heart to go, I got to do something, not complain about it. So we set out to build it. And uh, our whole goal was, can we provide this to the 35.4 million Americans that are fully employed across our country and yet do not have access because they do not qualify for traditional insurance? And then the second category being students on campuses, because as we realized, nine out of 10 campuses in our country today that do have a physical health center closed at five o'clock every day and are closed on the weekends. And our thesis was, but a student doesn't choose when they're depressed. A student doesn't choose when they have a sore throat. A student doesn't choose when they have an upset stomach. And yet they're away from home 
um, and they need a solution. So we, we are here to provide that solution as give virtual care. Great. Yeah. I mean, that, that is again, just sort of an aspect of all of this that I'm sure maybe some people are overlooking and maybe even only really thinking of mental health support for students, but, um, yeah, there's a whole list of other things day to day that kind of keep the world turning of us, uh, staying well and, yeah, working on uh, getting over upset tummies and uh, stuff like that. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it's even just that simple of like seeing a medical professional, them going over even through telehealth, kind of your symptoms and, you know, uh, allergies and those sort of things. And, you know, there can be a pretty straightforward uh, solution there of getting prescribed different medication and all of that. But in lieu of it, you know, um, they just kind of have to ride it out and miss class or, do you know, get behind on, you know, everything else that they need to do. So. I mean, I think that's really great. And I guess if you want to, I mean, I think you, you, you talked a little bit about this, if you want to kind of add any color, I guess, to what you already mentioned, but like what give a virtual care kind of does, because I guess my impression is maybe that it's kind of augmenting, um, you know, the services to an extent of a student health center, but um, seems like it might be even a little bit more than that. No, happy to. Um, I would answer it three ways. First, um, if we think about how we all grew up, I call it doctor mom effect. Our moms knew when we were little, five or six years of age, we rubbed our ear and we knew that um, Johnny had a uh, earache. Uh, but the only choice back then was to leave work or leave school, leave wherever you were, go pick up Johnny from daycare, who's now irritated, drive him to a doctor's appointment if you could get one, sit in a room with everybody that is hacking, coughing and sneezing. This is well before anything that had to do with COVID sit there while he's irritated for about an hour to finally get your name called, go back into a little room, thinking that you finally get to see a doctor, only to wait another 20 to 25 minutes for a person in a white coat to come in and go, oh, Johnny has an earache. Here's a piece of white paper and go get your antibiotic. Well, that was the way we all grew up. And what was sad is it's 2022 and that's still the solution. And if you're a student, you don't have time to, to your point, Dustin, skip class be on spring break in a different city and wonder what to do. Go home uh, and not feeling great and have it been back to the regular doctor. Have a concern about being around other people that may also be sick because I'm symptomatic and I don't want to have to have that effect. All of those things were adding up and in our, our, our thought process was, this is insane. We've done the same thing for 100 years. We now have the one thing that we know everybody owns. They may not have a laptop, they may not have a desktop or even a computer, but everyone has a smartphone in their pocket and they do one important thing. They always pay for it because it's their lifeline to the world. So if there's no friction to get to the student, there's no friction to get to the employee, why in the world are we not saying, stay in your dorm, stay in your apartment, stay in your car, stay at the, on the train going into the city and talk to a doctor. So the app that we built to your second point, Dustin, was this, you simply open it up, you can talk to a doctor now, uh, our average callback time is 12 to 16 minutes. Again, from the comfort of your dorm, your apartment, wherever you may be, you could schedule it and say, I'm out of class today at 2.30. I'm going to schedule to talk to the doctor at 3 o'clock, and they'll call you right back. While you're on that call, because it's audio or visual, you can show the ration in your arm and say, doctor, I think I have poison ivy. Doctor says, actually, you have poison oak, so you need this antibiotic versus the other one. They can write a prescription, send it to your local pharmacy. We then have built inside of the app the discount code that have all these discount providers across the country say save up to 85% off on your prescriptions, but nobody has a single card on their body. And when you don't feel good, you don't think about it. So we built it right inside of the app. 
The third component, which is really dear to my heart, is called crisis care. You can talk to a crisis counselor once a day, 20 times a day, once a month, never, no cost to you whatsoever. And it's included. So that when you say, you know what, it's gray sky outside, I'm starting to feel depressed. Johnny broke up with me. I don't know why. Tommy's mad at his mom because she won't send more money for X, Y, or Z to college. Whatever that may be, you need somebody to talk to you. But typically, you don't call your parents and you don't call your employer, but you don't know where to turn. And to get a mental health counseling appointment, the average wait time across our country today is three weeks. So we built this app. All of those things are included. And the most important thing, Dustin, is there are zero copays. It's $30 per month. All of it's included for the person that signs up. A, they can add a spouse or life partner and they can add up to 15 kids are all covered for 30 bucks a month with zero copays. And what we learned was the biggest inhibitor across our country for those that are uninsured today. And again, we're not insurance. We're a virtual healthcare membership. But what we learned was the biggest reason that they don't go to the doctor, urgent care, ER, doctor, wherever they may go is this thing I call the Russian roulette of copays. And it sounds a little funny, but the reality is you go to an urgent care today, and you wince going, is this 45 bucks, 55 bucks, 85 bucks? What's it going to be today? Because there's never the same amount. Well, the reason they don't go is that's their gas money for this week. That's their food money for this week. For a college student, that's real cash. And so they say, well, I'll just go self-medicate. I'll buy some Benadryl. I'll just figure it out. That's not a solution. And that's not a way to get healthy. And that's a big problem in our country today. You know, so much of the issues right now in this space for campuses, which are indicative of you know, everywhere else in society is like the access, but then like, you know, because so many people have to go without, then what, what are, aren't they doing to manage their wellness? You know, exactly what you're saying where they've, you know, I think so often like with young people where, you know, they'll, they'll just like push through it, you know, it's not that bad or, you know, they think they'll get better and those sort of things. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the, uh, metaphor of like Russian roulette kind of thing, just with, with, within many aspects of this uh, conversation, I think is very apt of sort of, you know, you're, you're rolling the dice. There's always going to be some inherent risk about, you know, you have an issue and you're not addressing it in the best way possible. And, you know, it could be even where like, you know, earnestly people are like, yeah, I know I should go to the doctor, but you know, yeah, there's as mitigating factors of, yeah, the cost and I've got to wait three weeks to get in and, all of that, which like, I've just started to lose a lot of patience for like, you know, these shortcomings of our, uh, sort of supposedly, uh, amazing, uh, healthcare system in this country. So like, yeah, like you can create a, a platform and a system and like the more, uh, accessible kind of subscription model and everything of what you're doing. And like, it just sounds like it, it solves for, uh, many of the issues currently exist in this space. So I guess I'm curious, like with everything that you list, cause I mean, there's just, obviously a lot of ways that this will sort of show up for a student in the way that um, they may be getting care. So I feel like it's a leading question because I feel like I know maybe what you're going to say, but like, you know, the broad challenges, you know, for campuses right now in this wellness space, like I, I guess I'll just lay it out, but like, I imagine mental health is probably like predominant, like, you know, where there's just a huge demand and, you know, like you said, like students would have to wait weeks to get uh, care. So yeah, I guess just sort of, um, like the trends of like, you know, the challenges and, and, you know, you can expand on things that you've already mentioned, but more just what you see a lot of the demand for coming from students. And that it's, it just seems like the campuses are sort of ill-equipped to be able to help. No, it's a great question, Dustin. And, and I, 
I'll try not to go on too long because again, I came at this very first as a dad. Um, I think sometimes when you try to solve a solution, especially with technology and a broader audience, and you come at it from a personal perspective and a personal use case, you have just a very deep and different um, impression to, to how you want to attack that. So as a dad, I looked at it and went, okay, wait a minute. I am paying every single month for my student to go to University X. It's a very large university. And I get these random, oh, by the way, we're assessing you X amount this month for a new library, a statue, a, a, you know, a sidewalk, who knows what it may be, which is totally fine, but that doesn't do anything for my personal student. And as I looked at this and said, we just went through the most crazy two years of our entire history of our planet that no one would have ever predicted, but we're expecting someone who's 18, 19, 20 years old to just snap out of it, to just deal with it, to just go on with life. So I'll tell you the quick personal, uh, Dustin, my daughter at this big university, um, she was a freshman in, in uh, the fall of 2020. Again, great university, got into an amazing sorority, high on life, most outgoing girl you're ever gonna meet, and just crushing it with grades, crushing it with friends, big stuff, right? You're a freshman in college, you're in a dorm, you're on a floor. Dad didn't know there was going to be a co-ed floor, so we had to deal with all that life fun stuff. And I only share this as to, to help tell your audience, again, it's so personal for me that what I saw in March of 2020, my daughter riding the highest of her high of her life, killing it, could not be happier, could not be more excited. And our government rightfully said, and to all the bodies that were in our country, universities included, you need to go home and be quarantined. Well, the university messaging was this. It wasn't, hey, you can take this next week. You can decide if you want to quarantine here in the dorm. Here's the protocols. Or you can decide to go home. It was a simple message that said, and I pardon my French, but get your shit and get out. Well, if you're 18 years old, you're living your best life. You just got out of your parents' house. You graduated from high school. You've got all these great friends. You're on a dorm floor. And now you're told to go back to where you were so excited to leave. What did that do for you mentally? What does that do for your psyche? So to your point, Dustin, we're in a situation now where across our country, all of these campuses, and God bless them, they're doing the best they can, but most counselors are professors that are volunteering their time. I don't take any uh, uh, cause or pause with that, but if I ask the community at large and say, if it's a student, do you wanna have your econ professor that's volunteering to do mental health support be the person you talk to and you have to see in class tomorrow? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't want to go in and have to talk to somebody about an STD or a sexual health issue that are very private when they are short-staffed. Labor is the other biggest issue across our country right now, which we're helping to, by giving them another tool with GBC, give virtual care, is to attract new employees, to keep the employees they have. Um, they have a way to actually have these folks feel a real benefit versus just flexible hours and a meal every time they show up for work. So the mental health point to your exact question, Dustin, is not only top of mind, but it's definitely top of priority. The challenge I have with that statement is this. Mental health is typically a scheduled event on an ongoing repetitive basis. Again, I'm having trouble with my parents. My boyfriend broke up with me. I'm a senior in college and we got married young and my husband and I are having an issue. That's an ongoing repetitive that doesn't address the I'm feeling anxious, my anxiety is coming on, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, I need to talk to somebody and I don't know what to do. You don't have time to make an appointment and wait three weeks. That's where we're broken. That's where our country is beside itself. They don't understand 
and anxiety and depression are absolutely real issues. Why is suicide up 300% across our country? Because we don't give anybody an outlet. So inside of our app, you literally hit, it says contact counselor. It tells you to locate now. It locates where your device ID, it marries that to where you are physically. And that doesn't know who you are as Dustin Ramsdale. It only knows that your device ID of your phone. If that call escalates and you're an issue and you may do harm to yourself or others, they'll have the tracking ability to send fire police sheriff to that location of that phone to hopefully, and our goal is to intercept and save one life or many lives each year. But we have to give these students an outlet. We are here to be the extension of the physical brick and mortar health center on college campuses across our country. I think the audience would also be shocked to hear there's so many colleges that we've spoken to, they don't have a physical health center. It's go to the hospital in town, go to the urgent care in town. Who has a car? Freshmen don't have cars, gotta take public transport. All of these things compounded when you go, they have a smartphone, it has all the power of video and audio, they can sit in their couch, they can have a private conversation and never leave their dorm. So um, it's just, it's time to do something. It's time to make a difference and give virtual care, we believe is that solution. I want to kind of build on that for the next question, the idea of like, you know, you, you kind of powerfully captured uh, the issue at hand, the problem that needs solving. Um, so, you know, say you're working with the campus and they, you know, have implemented everything students are using this service, you know, what are the impacts? Like what's sort of the positive result when students are in this ecosystem where they're able to get better access to on-demand care when they need it and everything. I'm, I'm imagining there's just, you know, uh, a couple of different things, but just like around, um, yeah, just kind of how the students are uh, sort of experiencing campus life, whatever you'd want to kind of capture as the, the impacts of supporting uh, their, their wellness. Yeah, I would say a, a twofold answer on that one, Dustin. That, um, and the first is to be candid, there's a, there's a direct placebo effect. There's now I have this in my hand. I know it's there. I know I have a real solution. There's a common effect that happens, right? If you know that there's no mystery of copay, you know there's no mystery of can I get access, you know there's no mystery of who, who is it I'm going to be talking to. It's actually a professional a counselor, licensed doctor, a physician, or an MD. Um, that is a huge piece of mind component first, uh, which helps to actually you know subside the, the anxiety. Number two is as we are starting to work with college campuses and we're finding that, um, great example, a student uh, last week, it was a Friday, health center was closed. She utilized it because there was a flu bug going around as we know that, you know, uh, let's put COVID aside, uh, as we said earlier, and just simply go cough, cold, flu in the spring season happens. Now we're gonna go into allergies. Now we're gonna go, there's always something happening. She was literally able to stay on her couch. Doctor spoke with her within 12 minutes did the pharmacy, got it on the on the campus uh, center and was able to be taken as EPAC by that, I don't know, three hours later and was done. Uh, never left her, never left her apartment. Her two suite mates decided to go to the health center and they sat in the doctor's office for two hours, waited another hour uh, to get results in a script, had to drive across town to a different pharmacy. So all that stuff is just, again, it's archaic. Uh, what we're finding now is we're really reaching out to the broader scope of universities, colleges across the country to say, look, you add into my tuition as a parent all these fees that I have no idea about. If you told me it was another 30 bucks a month to have this for my child, 
and add it to my tuition, I pay it in 30 seconds to know that you're actually doing something to better the health of my student for the four years while they're in your care and on your campus as an extension of your health center or possibly a health center because you don't currently have one. Um, I think that we have to really push to universities and colleges to take a different approach to this. The assumption, Dustin, is, well, they're on their parents' insurance, they're fine. What student knows to go download, I'm not gonna name a name of a, of a large insurance provider, but those apps aren't designed to be easy to use and to talk about. Those apps are a lot of red tape, a lot of hidden fees, a lot of fine print. So if you make it simple, open the app, and it literally says, talk to doctor now, you tap it, you're connected. I mean, we, we took all that barrier out of the equation. So we're telling parents, we're telling uh, the Greek life, fraternities and sororities, and we're telling universities and colleges, there is another alternative. And it is there and it's extremely inexpensive when you have all of that bundled into one solution with zero copays. So it's just, a, it's a movement. And I would say it this way, we've had two choices for hundred years. You either have insurance or you don't. We're the third option. You now have a virtual healthcare app that's available in your palm of your hand to use at any time. Um, and that's, that's why we wanna be on our mission is to say, just give them the choice. Just give them an option to talk to a doctor, get a prescription, talk to a counselor 24-7, 365, and no surprises, no fine print, and no contract. It's a month to month. Um, we, I said, let's just take every barrier out of it. So if you need health care, you should not be denied. And again, just to clarify, our country's done a great job. They've done everything they can to say, whether it's American Recovery Act, Obamacare, Biden Care. Insurance is so important. If you have access to it, please use it. We are huge supporters of insurance. The sad part is, is the lowest rung of those three offerings, this, they call it the silver plan. It's $300 a month. There's full co-pays. There's a ton of fine print and it's contractual. And it's for one person. So nobody can afford it. So still, while it's an offer, it's there. No one takes anybody up on it and no one acts on it. That's the fundamental problem. No one has said, break down the wall, remove the barrier, make it inexpensive, and make it super simple to use. That's the key. As we're kind of winding down one of the final notes and like kind of more opportunities, I just appreciate your your, your passion for uh, this really important uh, kind of topic here. But the idea that like, you know, campuses require students to have health insurance. They would either like offer an option uh, through the institution or, you know, students, yeah, maybe still be on their uh, parents' plan. But that's also like, yeah, like going to have its limitations, like you're saying, like, and I think if you would want, like, I think how we started this off, like, look at it as like an augmentation where it's like, yeah, we're not going to like, replace our campus health center with this necessarily. But yeah, like, we're at this current point, because so many more people do have health insurance through, you know, the uh, marketplace, uh, or yeah, through their institution or their family, you know, health insurance, if they're young enough, you know, but yeah, like the example of the campus health center and it's very limited hours for a very large campus, most likely, like we're just kind of bottlenecking everyone through and kind of just, just saying like, yep, this is just how it is. Like, sorry about it. Um, but that there can be a way to, I guess, like for all things considered, just sort of like flip a switch, you know, once you've like, you know, uh, embedded something like your platform, it's kind of just like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll you know, advertise it out to students, make sure they know about it, know how to use it. And, you know, just kind of keep broadcasting that out to make sure that they know that this is available to them if they can't get a timely appointment at the health center or, um, 
yeah, need, need support outside of their, uh, regular hours and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anything else, like just in terms of maybe, you know, kind of the paradigm shift or different perspective of like, what advice with all this, you know, that we've said, what advice would you give to higher ed professionals supporting their student wellness, uh, that might kind of just make sure they get it. <laughs> I think it's the added, the, the old adage of, uh, time to take the blinders off time to take the we've done it this way forever so it just must be the way that we should do things and and realize that there are alternatives um and then i think the other uh, two perspectives maybe is myself as well i'm 50 years old ago take a minute and put yourself in the shoes of a 19 year old male or female college student today don't think about it from our lens don't think about it from our perspective try and this is really hard as a dad to be honest dustin but try to be in their shoes for a minute and realize for some reflective time what they've gone through. And I think if you're a university health center provider, you're a student affairs provider, you're a provost, you're a president of a, of a campus, whatever your title is, and just think about that for a minute and go, what have they really been through the past two years? What altered for them? And the answer is everything. And now go, is there a way to give them a tool that they could have this peace of mind? Because what's their alternative? because there is no way we can build more buildings. We can't hire more people and we can't do any of that fast enough. So it's 2022, the technology is built, audio and video, direct connect, single sign-on, HIPAA compliant, FERPA compliant, privacy controls, completely secure. Communication can happen through that device that we know for a fact is in their pocket or their purse. So if we don't leverage that, shame on us. That's really all I could say to them. We need to realize that it is time to do something to make a real difference. Yeah, there's like kind of the underlying principle of like, are, can we really like look at ourselves in the mirror and say that we are doing all that we can to support all of our students? Because it even made me think is like, there's definitely a big need for, you know, these are students, like you said, sort of the, you know, which are certainly like waning in their like majority of the population in a lot of places, but like the students who are quote unquote traditional aged, maybe the first time that they're ever living away from home and there's just so many pressures and new challenges with the transition, but even for your commuter student, you know, hybrid student, online student, adult learner, you know, their working parent, all these sort of things that could be going on utilization of this sort of digital engagement strategy when it comes to student wellness, like is just going to say like, Hey, you're part of our community. We want to make sure that you're taken care of so that you can focus on your studies and achieve your academic goals. So like, that's always like my brain tries to sort of like thread that needle of like, okay, well, something like this doesn't just help any one sort of segment of the student population. Like it just better supports everybody. And then I'm sure too, like the campus health center, like those colleagues, those professionals who are probably just so strapped, you know, you know, for so much of this with like kind of the hybrid approach, like they will be ideally utilized for what is going to be you know, best needing their in-person face-to-face attention, you know, versus, you know, things that could just be easily addressed, you know, via telehealth or, you know, any other way. So yeah, it's so great. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that we've been able to explore the topic here uh, for a bit, but um, yeah, so we have our final two questions. We always like to ask uh, quickly, if there's any uh, resources that you want to give a tip of the hat to uh, your, you know, stuff from your organization or others, uh, books, podcasts, articles, uh, that we can put in the show notes. Givevirtualcare.com is probably the simplest. You know, that really means that we're, our whole goal is can we give 
uh, a virtual healthcare solution to employees and students across the country? And when we do so, can they give it to their families? And then from there, can we give back? We're just trying to give back to uh, our society after two years of really tough, tough times. So I encourage people to go to givevirtualcare.com, uh, take a look, see the bundled solution, see if it's right for you, if it's right for you and your family. Um, we have a, a great team in place that can ask, answer any questions that they have, um, direct them in any way that they need to be. Uh, we do have a, a B2B play for, for colleges or universities that if they wanna get involved, um, they can meet with our team and we can offer them a preferred pricing if they wanna bring their whole campus on. And that's really our goal, Dustin, is how do we make a movement? How do we make a shift? How do we get more and more people? Um, if I'm sorority X or, or fraternity Y, we have a lot of issues in that category across campuses as well. What are you doing to put a solution in their hands? You know, University X last week had a student that sadly, um, you know, came off the top of a, a parking garage. And now you have 242 girls in a sorority that are mourning that situation. Well, that particular campus has two counselors for grief. Two people can't handle 242 people that are in grief. And, and that's just the sad statistics that's happening across our country. So I would just say it's time to step up. Uh, it's time to do something. It's time to make a difference. And this is the this is the youth, right? This is, this is our future. This is our, our whole entire future that they went through something none of us had ever imagined. We're more mature. We're a little bit more aged. It was tough for us too. I'm not taking anything away from it. But what's the effect? This is my last question for the, the universities and colleges. What's the effect we're going to see in the next three, five, and seven years for these poor kids at the last two years of what they dealt with? I don't think we know it. I don't think we can see it. And I think it's going to be a, a shock to a lot of folks if we don't step up and do something today. Um, obviously, there's a lot of great resources online, to your point, Dustin, as far as if you're feeling anxiety, depression, or suicide, there's tremendous amounts of hotlines. That's actually also built in our app, um, just so you have access to those as well. So um, the resources are there. My, my, uh, my whole goal is just use them. Just go do something and know that there is help for you and it's out there. And uh, if you'd like it, just give us a call. Well, I think that is such a beautiful place uh, as sort of a final thought and call to action that I think we'll we'll end it there. And uh, yeah, and I think it, it truly is that. Like, I think this is a great moment uh, as society at large is sort of migrating back to some semblance of normal. But I think we're thankfully bringing with us the best of kind of the hybrid approach uh, that I think will be uh, very present on campuses and uh, will result, yeah, just greater, you know, student satisfaction and their ability to focus on their studies and routine and uh, all that good stuff. So um, yeah, grateful for your work and your passion and uh, coming on the show to talk all about this stuff. So uh, yeah, just thank you so much. It was my pleasure, Dustin. Great to meet you. And uh, we look forward to hopefully having a follow-up at some point. We can start to report back uh, as we have more and more students that we can help, but, but uh, grateful for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.